It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. As I mentioned yesterday and again here today, I'm broadcasting from the studios of 106.3 FM Extra, our affiliate in Atlanta, Georgia. And appropriately, we have with us now the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, Georgia's 83rd governor. He's a Republican. He joins us now. And, Governor, great to have you back here. Hey, Guy, thanks for having me on. I apologize. I couldn't get to the studio today. It's great to have you back in town and certainly uh, appreciate all the guys at 106.3. Absolutely. And we'll have to get you back here maybe next time I'm in town. It's fun to be back in your state. I want to start on the issue of COVID because you have, I'm sure, watched with great interest over the last five days as a parade of Democratic governors have decided that the time has come to start lifting various COVID mandates, including on masks, many including children in schools. And they are claiming, either explicitly or implicitly, that the science somehow has changed on this stuff. And I know a lot of the Republican governors, yourself included, who did this a long time ago are looking around and wondering, what are they talking about? What science has changed? You were really first in the country and very harshly criticized at the time for opening up and ending some of the restrictions. I just wonder how you think about and sort of reflect back on that decision that you made early on in this pandemic and kind of juxtapose that with what the governors on the Democratic side are doing this week, all sort of at the same time stampeding together and clearly a very different tone in the coverage from much of the media. Well, it's something to watch, that's for sure. I mean, look, pandemic politics uh, has been on display for a long time in our state and in our country, and it certainly was before the 2020 election. But you know what, guys, on display right now with all these Democratic governors, uh, you know, other people around the country that are undoing mass mandates that, you know, we've never had at state level here in the state of Georgia. And, you know, they're they're saying it's because of the data and the science, but it's not. It's a political decision because the recent events here in Georgia with the hypocrisy of Stacey Abrams and school systems that have mass mandates, yet they'll allow visitors to come into school without masks. And, and the American people and people of Georgia just think this is insane. I mean, it's, it's so far into the pandemic now. We have tools to deal with this. People know where they are. They have the information they need to make good health care decisions for them and for their children, and that's what we should be letting parents do. You mentioned Stacey Abrams. I was going to ask you about her as well. I mean, that photograph, I think, spoke volumes, right? You almost couldn't choreograph a photograph more damaging to her position than the one that she not only posed for but also posted before deleting and then attacking you for criticizing her, sort of suggesting it was racist. Then she apologized. But to me, the most important thing is that she still believes that the problem is people who are not forcing children to wear masks. And it reminds me, actually, of President Biden's position. It's still his position, based on what the CDC is saying. Here in Cut 5, he just said this this week on the very same issue. Let's listen. Are you afraid, though, that some states and cities are moving too quickly to loosen indoor mask mandates? Well, you know, it's... uh, I've 
com I committed that I would follow the science, the science as put forward by the CDC and the, and the, and the federal people. And uh, I think it's probably premature, but it's, you know, it's, it's a tough call. So he's hedging a little bit there, Governor, but he's claiming that he's following the science. He's not on school masking. He just isn't. There's no science in support of that policy. But he's saying for now, at least, it's still premature to take face coverings off of little children. That is also Stacey Abrams' position. That is the Biden-Abrams position, forced masking for children in Georgia schools. That, I guess, would be her policy if she were governor of Georgia right now. That seems to be a pretty important thing for voters to know. Uh, so many contrasts, not only on this issue, but keeping the economy open, have our kids in, even in the classroom, regardless of whether they're masked or not, just actually having them going to school versus not. There was many of our local metro systems that are controlled by Democratic school boards that played pandemic politics with that, the vaccine and other things. And quite honestly, guy, no one trusts President Biden anymore. You know, this is a president that said, get vaccinated, take your mask off. We're not going to have mat. We're not going to have vaccine mandates. Uh, now he's just mandated vaccines on everything under the sun. And if it wasn't for Republican governors and myself that were pushing back with multiple lawsuits against that, it would be the law of the land right now. And so, look, this is back to my point. I mean, I took pictures this week with students that were up on Capitol Hill. Some of them had masks on. Some of them didn't. You know, let's let the parents make that decision for them. Let's not, you know. Put, put our kids in, in masks and our teachers in masks uh, when there's not a need for it on many cases, when people, you know, feel, feel very uncomfortable doing that. It's now in time in the pandemic. You know, a lot of science is out there saying, hey, look, the cloth masks don't work again. You know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I'm not the expert there. But at this point, people have information that they can go and get and make those decisions for themselves. You know, we're we're running a risk in this country of having the government decide everything for us. And that is a not a good place for America to be. And that's what I'm fighting back against. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to do that. One more question on this front. I want to play you a soundbite. This is from Las Vegas, Nevada, where the Democratic governor out there just announced sort of on a dime along with this whole conga line of Democratic governors. Oh, we're lifting the mandates, including in schools. And a teacher informed her class, these are young kids, elementary school age, informed her class, the masks are going away. Listen to the reaction of these kids in Cut 18. Starting tomorrow, we don't have to wear masks anymore. All right, they all go crazy. Now, there might be some people saying, oh, no, they're screaming in terror because of people like Governor Kemp and Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott. No, these kids were celebrating, jumping up and down so happy that they can take these masks off. They should be happy. The science does support, does not support having them in those masks. Just a moment ago, you said that you believe parents should have this choice. I agree. That's the law in Florida, for example. That is just going to become the law in Virginia under Governor Yunkin. You mentioned some of the local areas in Georgia run by Democrats that have not allowed this parental choice. Do you believe that the time has come and maybe should have been done sooner to adopt in Georgia what has been done in Florida and is happening in Virginia, where even in some of these blue areas, parental choice is the mandated law in the state? Well, most of the school systems in Georgia, let's be clear. I mean, our, you know, the Jefferson City Schools was the first school in the country to go back in person after the, you know, the first traumatic events that we saw early on during 
COVID, uh, many of our systems have had kids in the classroom for a very long time now. Uh, they haven't had mass mandates. My daughter's teaching first grade right now in the public school system. Uh, they haven't had a mandate mandate yet in that school. It's just been the pandemic pandemic politics of the local school boards. But, you know, we have duly elected school boards in Georgia that govern the local schools. We have a state school board that the members are appointed by the governor that, di- you know, that dictate uh, a lot of the policy. Uh, so our structure is a little bit different from other, other uh, states around the country. We have a constitutionally elected state school superintendent. So a lot of those things don't necessarily fall to the governor. And I've been very patient because I'm a local control governor. I believe, you know, decisions are made best at the local level. You know, I don't like the heavy hand of the federal government mandating things on us. And I don't want state government mandating things on locals either. But, look, this has just gone on too far. I mean, it's gotten to be ridiculous. And the whole thing with Stacey Abrams the other day just showed that it's not about science anymore. It is all about politics. It's hypocrisy. And I just, you know, we're, we're working on legislation to put an end to that. Uh, we're talking to the legislators now. And I hope that sends a message to these school systems. They need to undo the mask mandates. If parents think kids need to wear a mask to school, well, by gosh, they can, they can get them to do that. But if they don't, then let's don't put them through that, especially these young kids that haven't been severely affected, or at least, a, you know, most of them have not. I know COVID's very dangerous. You know, I've encouraged people to get vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I'm boosted myself. But people have the tools to make these decisions now. We cannot continue to live like this forever uh, because of this virus. We were in a much different place now than we were two years ago. Talking about safety, but on a different subject, let's discuss crime. I was at dinner last night with a number of Georgians who live in the state, and crime, particularly in the state of Atlanta, or rather in the city of Atlanta, sometimes it feels like it's its own state, uh, has been really yeah, right. bad, and, and it's gotten worse. And I know we've discussed this before. There's only so much, again, that the state can do at the state level, and you've been moving resources and that sort of thing. But whether it's organized crime and gangs, uh, whether it's seemingly random acts of violence, you know, Atlanta has gotten pretty scary in some places. Even some neighborhoods that were considered very safe and upscale not that long ago. What's your current stance on what ought to be done? Because just firsthand last night, I know this is something Georgians are talking about. Well, look, you're exactly right, Guy. I mean, that's a huge, it's probably the number one issue right now in the city of Atlanta. It may not be around the rest of the state, but it certainly is here. People are scared to death. I mean, it's one of the reasons that we're pushing forward in the General Assembly this year, uh, and our team is leading the charge to get constitutional carry done. It's a public safety issue now. Uh, people just feel like there hasn't been enough done by the city uh, to protect them and their neighborhoods, and people want to have the ability to do that themselves. All the bad guys got guns, and you know, law-abiding citizens are having to wait a year or 12 months to get a carry permit from these local governments up here. And I'm in the same place I am with masks. You know, enough is enough, and we've got to do more. But I will tell you that we have been moving the needle from the state perspective. I know we've talked about my crime suppression unit. We're using governor's emergency funds. And then just since April in the last nine months, our, just because we're having more resources on the streets, we're working with Atlanta Police Department, their officers are riding with us because they have a no-chase policy. It's no fault of their own, but they are helping us in this effort. Uh, we've arrested 23 people who out who had outstanding murder warrants. 
we've uh, gotten over 262 stolen vehicles, recovered almost $5.5 million in value. 116 stolen weapons we've taken off the streets. We've arrested 361 wanted persons, which 23 for murder, 466 DUIs. So we are continuing to move the needle, but we just need, need more people in the fight. You know, that's one of the frustrations I had with the former mayor, great person, but she just wasn't concerned about this issue or didn't want to do something about it. I, I don't really understand the politics of that. But we're working with the local metro police chiefs now and the new sheriff and uh, a lot of state resources, Department of Natural Resources, DBI, State Patrol, Community Supervision. We're flying helicopters. We're tracking these people. We're chasing them. Uh, we're doing pit maneuvers to, to stop them in these fast cars that they got. And, uh, you know, it's dangerous work, but our folks are doing a great job. And we're going to continue to do that, to do everything that we can, not only to make Georgians, especially in Atlanta, feel safe, but also to continue to pressure the locals that, look, they've got to step up and get in the fight, you know, more than they are now. But we've also had successful operations that we've done in Macon, Georgia, and in Columbus, Georgia, uh, with the Crime Suppression Unit. Finally, inflation. The news broke yesterday, 7.5% rise in inflation, vastly outpacing wage gains in the United States. It's the worst number on that metric in 40 years since the early 1980s. That's hurting a lot of people and families and taxpayers all across the country. No exception here in Georgia. I would imagine when you talk to Georgians, yes, you hear about crime in certain areas and you're hearing about mask mandates and, and all this other stuff, but just the cost of everything going up, that has to be really front and center for so many families across this state. It's unbelievable, Guy. I mean, you know, the middle and the working class is getting hammered by the Biden administration, 40-year inflation. There's reports out here that it's costing the average Georgian an extra $250 a week because of inflation. Um, you know, it's outrageous. The, the president wanted the country shut down, you know, way too long. A lot of the Democratic governors did that. Thankfully, we didn't do that here. And uh, not many people in the southeast did that. And I think if you look at what we're doing, the steps that we've taken to help keep the supply chain moving in our state, keep our factories and our production facilities open and keeping people working, we're faring better than most. Great example is the Georgia Ports Authority. You know, we, we faced the back law like everybody else. It wasn't as bad as L.A. and Long Beach. Uh, but we've now cleared the back line, back log. I was down there over New Year's. We had zero ships at anchor in the port of Savannah. And in L.A. and Long Beach, you know, Buttigieg and the presidents, you know, said they saved Christmas by what they did out there. Well, they're in the same boat that they were several months ago. There's still 75 to 100 boats at anchor, I'm told, and we have zero here at our ports. And it's because we have a great private sector board that governs it. You know, we run it like a business, and we're getting a job done. We were proactive months on on finding new space for containers. We did that months before you know, Biden and the rest of the team even started talking about this issue. And, and the leadership that we have in the states with the Republican governors and the conservatives that have been doing two things during the pandemic, protecting lives, but also protecting livelihoods. The rest of the country is now seeing, um, you know, the fruits of our labor and how resilient our people have been. And it's, it hasn't been easy. Uh, there's been a lot of heartbreak for everybody across uh, the state of Georgia and across America. Uh, but but we're better off for it economically right now. And, 
and uh, there's there's just a lot of states. I mean, people are leaving. You know, they're they're leaving. Their business is gone forever, and they're moving to states where they have freedom, opportunity, and prosperity. Yep, and we'll be talking to one of them later in the show, Dave Rubin, who got out of California. He'll be here coming up in our next hour. Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia. I'm doing the show from Georgia. Glad to have you here by phone. Maybe we'll catch you in person next time, Governor. Thanks for your time regardless. Thanks, guy. Have a great weekend. You bet. You too. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.